Hi there, and welcome to Dork Wars. My name is Blake, and I'm here with Grant. Hey, how's it going? And I'm here with Wesley. What up, dorks? And I have two remote guests tonight, and we have Andrew in Raleigh, North Carolina. Howdy. And we have Diedrich in Wake Forest, North Carolina. Hey, how's it going? All right, so um, the reason that we have to do this remote thing is uh, some COVID-related uh, things. We were all supposed to do these first couple episodes together, um, but uh, one of our cast members, Diedrich, may have been exposed to COVID, so we cannot all be in the same room. Um, some schedules didn't match up, so we have those guys remote. We're going to be here um, in the same room, Wesley, uh, Grant, and myself. And today's episode, we are going to name our top six favorite Star Wars movies. This should be good. And then we're going to talk about it. So if anyone says something that the other don't like, it's going to get pretty ugly here on Dork Wars the Podcast. Grant, why don't you start us off? All right, so for my list, I decided to stick to the original and prequel trilogies only. Sequel trilogies should not even exist, let's be real. <laughs> um, and then I didn't include Rogue One or Solo, basically, because Rogue One is probably one of the best Star Wars movies there's ever been put out, I would say. I know I'm going to get hate for that. I mean, that, should, it, that should be number one. Yeah, that's that that to be number one on your list. Uh, <laughs> no, but no, no, no. Uh, there, there are some that are better than it. Uh, one or two, possibly. Um, but uh, going back to my last spot on my list is going to be Attack of the Clones. Yeah, that that's the bottom. Um, I'm giving him an evil stare right now for those at home who can't see us. We're going to do video eventually. Maybe try a video eventually. I don't know. But I'm giving Grant a very nasty stare for that. Top six? Um, I know this started early. He said number one was Attack of the Clones. No, I said number six. Oh, number oh, you're I'm going six to one. Oh, oh number six is Attack of the Clones. Sorry. I thought we were going one down. Oh, we'll wow. go, okay, we'll go six to one. Six to everyone, one. But I still throw some shade at you. Attack of the Clones because Hayden Christensen was creepy in that. <laughs> um, number five, I know I'm going to I'm going to get hate for this, but Return of the Jedi. What? Actually, Number five. That's yeah. Kinda, number four, I went with... low. Number four, I went Phantom Menace. <laughs> Number three was Revenge okay. of the Sith. Okay. Two was A New Hope. And number one, which it should be everybody's. If it's not, there's a problem. Empire Strikes Back. I wish I could see Blake's face right now. It's, it's pretty funny. <laughs> because that list? <laughs> my my young apprentice, where have I gone wrong? Um. Yes, because the choreography. Okay. The lightsaber fights. I mean, Darth Maul, Obi-Wan. Anakin Obi Wan and Revenge of the Sith, those fight like the uh, uh, okay. the Anakin Obi Wan fight in particular. They oh, yeah. took that in one take and had to slow it down. They're moving so fast. That's how amazing that choreography is. That was great choreography. So let's shoot it over to Andrew. So Andrew, what are your top six favorite Star Wars movies? All right, my top six. I think for number six, I'm gonna have to disagree with Grant. I'm gonna go with Rise of Skywalker. Was it the best movie? Of course not. But look at the two movies that followed. You know, Rise of Skywalker and The Last Jedi. You know, I believe that Disney made their first great decision in a long line of what seems to be great decisions by hiring Chris Terrio and J.J. Abrams to rewrite the script. Uh, I think that J.J. Abrams did a great job directing it, and I think that they did an amazing job of just trying to recover the entire sequel series. Um, number five for me is going to be Phantom Menace. You know, pod racing is always going to have a soft spot in my heart. I absolutely love pod racing. I don't care what the rest of the movie was about. Qui-Gon Jinn was really cool, but pod racing, you know, the whole thing could have been about pod racing and I would have loved it. 
Um, number four for me is A New Hope. I mean, that's just a classic, which leads me to number three, which is Rogue One, which I think is one of the better films. But just because, you know, Return of the Jedi and Empire Strikes Back, you know, they're part of the original. I just don't think that Rogue One could have beaten it no matter what it tried to do. Which leads me to number two, Return of the Jedi, and number one, you guessed it, Empire Strikes Back, Hoth, AT-AT Walkers, Boba Fett, Space Battles, Lightsaber Fights, and of course, the big father-son reveal. What more could you ask for? Solid list, man. Yeah, A+. plus. All right, dude. So, uh, Empire, number one for Grant. Empire, number one for Andrew. Okay, so, uh, Diedrich, what are your top six favorite Star Wars movies? Yeah, so I'm going to have an unpopular opinion here, and my list is actually going to start with The Last Jedi. I know everybody's got their own issues with it, but I actually think there are some redeemable qualities about it. I really kind of do like how uh, we see Luke's arc, and he's kind of still the ultimate pacifist. I mean, at the end, he kind of he does his thing, and, and he doesn't even fight, and he still wins. Okay, well, that teacher was done now. Moving on. Moving on. Teacher's list no longer matters. (laughs) Just kidding. Number five. Going to five, I've got Rogue One. That the last thirty minutes of that is just the most epic. It's the most Star Wars. Star Wars has ever Star Wars. Period. With the space battle, you've got the the ground fights going on, and just that inner personal connections between the characters. We don't get a lot of time with just going out one by one. So I'm going to go with my number three, or excuse me, my number four as Revenge of the Sith. You know, you've got just the sheer amount of lightsaber fights between the Jedi, the Sith, Grievous, Anakin as he's, you know, both good and bad in the same movie. You've also got the epic space battle in the beginning and the clones, which we really won't ever see again. Some of my absolute favorite kind of meme moments are also in the Revenge of the Sith movie. So you've got the, uh, this is where the fun begins. And I think that line in itself is Revenge of the Sith in a nutshell. Number three, I'm gonna go with Empire Strikes Back. I know that's most of y'all's number one, but for me, just kind of as a kid, I remember always being a little bored with it. Like it, the romance is not really why I watched Star Wars or the stuff between Han Solo and Leia I didn't care for. You've also got large chunks of time where there doesn't really seem to be anything of consequence to the story overall happening. I do give the Battle of Hoth its due, though. It's a pretty epic opening. And then you've got Return of the Jedi for my number two. Most of the moments that I think of Star Wars come from that movie. You've got the throne scene. You've got the space battles. You've even got Jabba the Hutt and the criminals. It's all some of the most memorable moments in Star Wars for me. And my number one is going to have to be A New Hope. It's the classic. It's where it all comes from. You've got the original Death Star. You've got Vader, who's super mysterious at this point. And the story of a young farm boy. It's just a classic to me. You know, that makes sense. I mean, the first image I think about when I think about Star Wars is Luke staring off into the two suns that are setting on Tatooine. Yeah, that's such a classic shot. I think New Hope is a number one is not bad. 
Um, actually, New Hope is where it all started, dude. That was the Star Wars. When the, when the movie first came out, it was just called The Star Wars. And, of course, the movie was New Hope. So, um, I guess that brings us to Wesley. Okay. Yeah, my list is going to be kind of similar to Andrew's. Um, you know, number six, we're coming in with uh, Rise of Skywalker. I, I've seen that one twice. And uh, I kind of liked it both times. Um, you know, it 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 wasn't the ending we were expecting, but it uh, you know, I, I'm glad it completed the story and kind of tied everything together. So I appreciated that. Uh, number five, go with the Phantom Menace. Yeah, same reason. The pod racing was pretty cool, and just seeing the start of young Anakin Skywalker, little kid. You know, it's so young and innocent. I, I like that Anakin. <laughs> Moving on to number four, New Hope. Um, you know, that's the first Star Wars to ever really come out in movies. And, um, you know, it was interesting, but I, I, I didn't, every time I think of, the more I watch it, the less I like it. Cause I, I don't like the scene when like they go down the trash chute and there's like this little, uh, little monster in there pulling, um, pulling them under the water. And th that whole scene doesn't make sense to me, <laughs> but anyway. Um, moving on to episode no, my number three, which is Return of the Jedi. Um, that's a strong third. Number two, I really like Rogue One. That was uh, that's a cool story. Um, very very whole, very complete, and just a lot of cool action, like Dietrich described earlier. So that's my number two. Number one might be a surprise here. Uh, number one, I come in with the solo movie. That was uh, no. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, number one, Empire Strikes Back. That one is uh, probably one of the best sequel movies ever because um, you know it's very hard to top that. Uh, original trilogy movies. Yes, but it's a sequel to A New Hope. Is yeah. what he meant. Yeah. Okay. All right. All yeah. right. All right. Honestly, and, uh, one of the best sequel movies. Yeah. Um, you know, th um, when I was a kid, my mom had that movie on repeat. Um, instead of watching Disney, we watched Empire Strikes Back over and over. And even recently, I watched Empire Strikes Back with my grandmother. And, you know, she's not into these kind of movies, but she liked this one. She likes Carrie Fisher. She likes Harrison Ford. So uh, just a great movie for the family. Heck, I think Harrison Ford liked Carrie Fisher. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so solid list, solid list. Um, so that brings us to my list, I guess. Um at my number six, I have The Phantom Menace. Not for the same reasons as you guys. The pod racing was awesome. The pod racing was not awesome for like 25 minutes. Jesus. <laughs> pod racing for 25. It was a little too much for me. No, it uh, wasn't. It was not enough. Uh, well, bygones be bygones. I got I got to ask before we move on, though. Did you play Pod Racer? Oh, oh I, did yeah. play, I did play Pod Racer, of course. I pod, pod Racer was Racer. one of the best games ever on the n64 because you could actually customize your car instead of just being stuck with whatever you got that's true i agree or pod racer i mean i always like going to like adventure island and playing like the pod racer arcade game in there it was the same thing yeah yeah it's like n64 and stuff anyway so phantom menace is at number six i guess uh one boy can only be called annie so many times before he turns to the dark side right <laughs> um number five we have rogue one Dude, Rogue One is just the movie. There's no Jedi in Rogue One, which is what Star Wars... When you think Star Wars, you think Jedi, right? There's no Jedi in Rogue One yet. It is one of the best Star Wars movies I've ever seen. The storytelling is awesome. The cinef cinematography 
is awesome. The space battles are awesome. Um, the characters, you feel connected to these characters after your two hours with them in a way that you don't feel with most um, characters in movies. Rogue One is an awesome film. And of course, the classic, iconic Darth Vader scene at the end. He comes and just trashes the rebels and just beats the crap out of them. The only thing that I have against Rogue One is that the end of Rogue One where they follow the Tainted Four kind of cheapens the beginning of A New Hope for me now. But we can talk about that in a later podcast. Um, number three, Revenge of the Sith. Dude, that's just a good movie. So much action, so much going on. The only reason it's not farther up the list is because it rushed everything. But it is still a very good movie. Anakin's turn to the dark side was great, and his acting is way better than Attack of the Clones. Point blank. Um, number three, we have Return of the Jedi. End of the original trilogy. It was a good end. Um, Darth Vader turns back to the good. Uh, the Emperor is destroyed, and we can get on to the New Republic. Awesome. Um, the end of the original trilogy is iconic. It is the end of an era, and that's just the best trilogy. And that's the end of it. So number three is Return of the Jedi. Number two, A New Hope. It is the beginning of the original trilogy. Um, that This is the movie that got everyone hooked, Okay. This is that movie. And this is why I can't fault Diedrich for putting A New Hope at number one. Because I put it at number two. Um, you know, you've got the iconic Luke looking at the Twin Suns. You've got the iconic Voyage to the Death Star. You've got the iconic um, battle between Darth Vader and Obi-Wan. It's all great. And then, of course, you got Luke Skywalker not even using his targeting computer. Use the force, Luke, you know? Uh, Alec, Alec Guinness's classic line to Luke as a force ghost before you see him as a force ghost, that is. <laughs> Shoots, blows up the Death Star, and then you got the end where everyone's getting a medallion, uh, everyone's looking fresh at the end of A New Hope, and it's like, man, this is, this is some characters I can get invested in, and what did they do? They gave us more. And that brings me to number one, right after A New Hope, Yes, you guessed it, folks. Empire Strikes Back. Empire Strikes Back is the quintessential Star Wars movie. You have the romance between Han Solo and Princess Leia. You have the iconic reveal of Darth Vader is Luke's father. Sorry if that's a spoiler for anyone out there. Um, but it's, it's the iconic movie. When you think of Star Wars, you think of Darth Vader. And when you think of Darth Vader, you think, who's Darth Vader? He's Luke's father. And the, the battles in Empire Strikes Back are definitely an improvement on A New Hope. Of course, they're not the great acrobatics of the prequel trilogy, which I do enjoy uh, quite a bit. But the battles look a little bit better. The graphics are better, of course. The, um, the budget for that movie was a lot better than A New Hope. So they were able to make a better movie. And I think that really shone through. So number one is definitely Empire Strikes Back. Another point for Empire is that it's the only one to include slight amount of incest. <laughs> <laughs> this is a non-explicit podcast, so we are going to keep that under wraps. Um, maybe that will be for Dork Wars, the podcast after dark. Um, <laughs> just kidding, folks. That does not exist. <laughs> this side of the set. Only in game in the PlayStation chat. Yeah, yeah, we'll keep that on PlayStation chat, guys. We all play video games together, too. Um, we're, we're all pretty connected here at Dork Wars, the podcast. Um, so, <laughs> Blake, uh, real quick about your list. I, I liked your list except for I didn't, I, I don't care for Revenge of the Sith, but that movie was 
not good. Yeah. What? Like, Revenge nothing of the about Sith it was to me is like, literally the only takeaway from Revenge of the Sith is that Anakin becomes Darth Vader, and that's the yeah. last like ten minutes. Rest of it. You is, see like, how the Jedi go out though. Like that's yes. so incredibly that been... important to the entire saga. Dude, you have Yoda fighting uh, Emperor Palpatine. That was an awesome fight. It was a very meaningful fight. It was like, dude, you've been pulling the wool over our eyes for the last 15 to 30 years. What's going on? And he's like, I'm just here hanging out, been pulling the strings the whole time, and they're pretty mad at each other. And they just beat the ever-loving crap out of each other. The Senate room is so awesome. Uh, Even at the beginning, that opening scene with the space battle going to confront General Grievous, um, saving Palpatine, even though he's the big bad guy and no one knew about it. Um, just kind of seeing Palpatine manipulate Anakin, because we've seen him manipulate Anakin in small ways throughout the first two movies. But that third movie, of course, he steps it up a notch because he's got to get him to Darth Vader by the end. Um, but he really ramps it up, and you can really see the maniacal, methodical way that Chev Palpatine can go from Chancellor to Emperor. And he... He hoodoos everyone, and of course we know what he becomes, so we knew who he was the whole time, but of course none of the other characters around him knew what was going to happen, and you can see how they were taken in by his uh, facade. So I think I think Revenge of the Sith gets a lot of flack and a lot of hate, and I, I'm not going to say it's a perfect movie. It's not a perfect movie, but I still think it is a great movie. You know what, Blake? Hearing you explain it that way honestly makes me want to go watch it again, and it kind of gives me a new appreciation of the movie. Oh, thanks, Andrew. And while you're watching it, just think that Obi-Wan is interested in Padme in a romantic way. That's going to make you see things in a lot different light as well. Um, it's it's very entertaining if you think about it that way. But anyway. Uh, certainly for me, going while we're on the movie, since it was third on my list as well. Um, for me, like I said earlier, the choreography of the prequels was fantastic. Like that's looking back, it's I think the prequels have aged considerably well given what they were received as when they first came out oh yeah people think way better of the prequels especially since the sequels came out I was saying the sequel trilogy really helped the prequels a lot except for Attack of the Clones yeah except for the Attack of the Clones Uh, the only reason it made my list because I didn't want to include any of the uh, the sequel trilogy I'm going off of George Lucas's vision not Disney's vision Uh, for the movies for the movies Disney's vision for the shows and and uh, books that they're coming out with is fantastic. I love it. Let Dave Filoni run the show, please. For the love of God, please. Um, <laughs> but uh, that, but Revenge of the Sith, the pacing, I will say, was very quick. Um, too quick. I, I do wish they could have spent some more time about Darth Plagueis. I think that would have been amazing, hearing more about Palpatine's master. And I have a feeling that Disney is moving towards that um if you guys are keeping up don't want to get too far into it but a show called the acolyte was announced by disney at their investors meeting which takes place at the end of the high republic era which is right at the beginning right before the phantom menace which hmm. means we could see the acolyte being darth Plagueis, learning be- from his master and then eventually palpy that would be interesting i mean th- that's just something i think about uh, i actually thought about it the other day I was reading up on something, and um, I think it's in uh, I think it's do- in the book Dooku Jedi Lost. Uh, it's a canon book by yeah, Disney deep, about deep. about Count Dooku's fall to the dark side. Great read, by the way. Definitely recommend. Um, 
and they talk about how Sith apprentices are actually called acolytes. And Star Wars, the acolyte, could be all about the Sith and the rise of the Sith because if you heard anything about the High Republic era, there was no Sith during that time. It was all Jedi. And the fall, which means there had to be a rise of the Sith. So I think the Acolytes could be a good uh, way to introduce Darth Plagueis. Yeah, and it'd be interesting if like Palpatine was is in that in that series because you know kind of see where he came from, where his training becomes Sith, and you know how Palpatine kind of discards all his Sith. Like he discarded uh, uh, Darth Maul, and he discarded. Uh, Count Dooku. Count, Count Dooku, Dooku, yeah. And, and he was trying to get rid of Vader. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is it even possible for Palpatine to be in that, though? How many years before episode one? Well, you got to remember, with the Sith, uh, he learned from Darth Plagueis to not die by natural causes. So he can be he can be as old as Master Yoda is, for all we know, in the series. He could just sit here and say, I'm using my dark side powers, and I can't die naturally. Oh, yeah. We're talking about the rule of two here. So there can only be two Sith at any one time. That is... The rule of two, that is what um, Palpatine, the Emperor, um, that is what he runs off of. So he's going to want to discard any of his apprentices before they can kill him. Um, that's kind of his whole deal. Um, in the past, no other Sith could live that long or that we know of canonically or whatever. And, but And another Sith uh, I just thought about in the Clone Wars. I can't think of her name. but he... Asajj Ventress? Yes, Asajj yeah, Ventress, Ventress, yes. Yeah. Uh, well, technically, she wasn't a Sith, but she was not a Sith. Yeah, she was just, she, like she was a just an assassin, prince. a Force user. Uh, if you look back at some of her stuff, um, <clears throat> they men- may have mentioned it a little bit in the Clone Wars. I can't remember. It may be in some of the books because Dooku Jedi Lost actually picks up where he's training Asajj Ventress for the first time, um, and so um, with that, you kind of see that she was actually Force sensitive, kind of learning at the Jedi Temple before her fall to the dark side. Right. Um, so. That gives you a little background with her. Um, but, of course, want to stay on topic. We're about the movies, not about the new shows. Oh, yeah. Correct, so, correct. So let's correct. get back into that. So uh, who, who was it had the last Jedi at, like, number six or five? Who, who, who ranked that the last Jedi? That was me. Or, no, not the last Jedi. I'm sorry. <clears throat> Return of the Jedi. Yeah, I'm not talking about you right now. <laughs> um, I, think it was, I think it was Diedrich. Diedrich, did you have last Jedi on your list? I did, yeah. It was number six. Number six. How dare you? How dare you? Uh, let's fight. Let's fight it out. I think that a new direction is always good. Um, new directions are cool. I, I just have to disagree with the whole pacifist thing. I think Luke's character as a pacifist in the original series had to do with his Jedi training. And as a Jedi, you're supposed to be pacifist. Yeah, I that's, mean, that's a given. It's very hard to disagree. I disagree with that. Okay, you are a pacifist until you have to fight someone for the greater good. That is my view of it. I think the whole reason he went the super pacifist route, though, had more to do with the familial connection than his formal or maybe informal Jedi training. Right. He let his feelings get in the way. So that is not the Jedi way, supposedly. There may be a new Jedi. And are the Jedi always right? No, that is that is that is true. I don't I don't think they are. Um, But a detachment from his feelings could have saved the galaxy, possibly. (laughs) Um, I don't know. I just, I think that being a pacifist for Luke Skywalker isn't necessarily a bad thing. I think that a recluse hermit away from everything, no involvement in anything going on in the galaxy, I'm going to be by myself. I think that was such a 
different Luke Skywalker than we saw in the original trilogy. Luke Skywalker at the end of Return of the Jedi was hopeful. He was going to lead the Jedi back to prominency. They were going to be the protectors of the galaxy. And, you know, he, they were going to usher in a new government where everyone was going to be happy, everyone was going to be free, there was not going to be the oppression of the Empire. And that's just not the Luke we get. Now, with all of this, the movies and the um, shows coming out in between the original trilogy and the sequel trilogy, I hope we get some uh, clarification on what, ex how it went down with Luke Skywalker. What made him become the recluse that he is? We know it had to do with Ben Solo and the fall of his Jedi Academy. But why did the fall of the Jedi Academy um, become his reason to just stay out of everything instead of his reason to fight back. That is what we're going to uh, we're going to get into that on a different podcast on well, a much deeper level. You want to go on a different podcast for that because I just came up with an idea of why something like that Briefly, might let's, have happened. Let's, let's go two minutes. Two minutes tops. Briefly, you think about there was a fall of the Jedi before Revenge of the Sith. Master Yoda was Luke's master. What did Yoda and Open one Kenobi do when the fall of the Jedi happened. This is true, but they could not take on Palpatine. <clears throat> Palpatine and Skywalker and Anakin Skywalker, uh, Darth Vader, would uh, kill both of them. Like they well, would have survived. To, Luke would have survived, I think. To be fair, if we're, if we're going to talk about he got snow, Luke's though. failure with, you know, his his feelings getting in the way, Obi Wan's feelings got in the way, not killing Anakin and allowed the Empire to even rise. That's true. So I mean, the Jedi, the Jedi are bad at their own code sometimes. I mean, and I'm not discounting the Jedi. The Jedi, you can't take the Jedi and say, man, the Jedi were so wrong. The Jedi are the heroes of the Star Wars universe. If you take that away, then you discount the whole Star Wars universe. Now, they were not perfect. They had things that needed to be uh, corrected. And I think the expanded universe before Disney did a great job of doing that through the books. They did an awesome job building that new order. Um, well, that's but, the point of being yeah. a Jedi. The point of being a Jedi is that these are the people that were the most pure in the entire world that they were able to naturally gravitate towards the force these are people who basically have to live like monks for their entire lives voluntarily and so to find a human being even a jedi who could do that 100 percent, i think is very rare and i don't think you could name a jedi who didn't at some point succumb to their feelings that is true i agree with you totally 100 yes i also agree with that um, but, I mean, the real problem, you would say, with that and what I believe Luke's kind of thing is when he got Mara Jade in the EU. By the way, that was in the Thrawn trilogy and duology. Uh, just throwing that out there. I'm a big Thrawn fan. Um, <laughs> but um, if you think about it, like, he, a Jedi is supposed to be, you know, love everybody. Like Anakin says in Attack of we're supposed to love people. You know, he's supposed to show compassion. How, I don't know about you, but it's kind of hard to love and show compassion to somebody when you're supposed to be completely separated from them all the time and be like, oh, I'm better than you all Correct. the time. So I think integrating your integrating the Jedi like they did in the EU was a fantastic move because they were part of things. Leia was part of the building the New Republic. She was, you know, also a, Jedi. A, a Jedi at the same time. She would help building it and build the next generation with Jason, Jaina, Solo, and Anakin, of course before the dark times um <laughs> but you know just putting them move making that move and allowing them to integrate with regular people regular society i think was a good move for the jedi i think it humanized them almost and made us like that's why it's the book survived so long and they were so popular it's like well these aren't some mystic wizards just sitting out here not killing people or you know separate from everybody just because they can it kind of like well i mean 
they have emotions too. They're allowed to feel emotions like every person does. And so uh, I think maybe after the sequel trilogy, uh, they could get do that with Rey leading the new new version of the Jedi. And maybe not commit to another fall, but we will see. That is yet to be seen. Now, Grant, I do want to touch on your sixth movie, Attack of the Clones. And and if it's just for the LOLs, I'm all here for it. Because I, I go back, and that actually used to be one of my favorite movies as a kid. And I think it's just because I grew up with the prequel trilogy. But as I as I grow older and as I watch it again and again, it, it grows more stale. And, dude, Anakin is such a creeper, man. Like... <laughs> I've been thinking about you. It's 2020, Anakin. That's some creepy stuff. You've I've been thinking about you for the last 10 years, Padme. You've been in my dreams. Like, he knew this girl for all of, like, what, a week? Yeah. Crazy, man. <laughs> we can't we can't uh, leave this podcast without doing the sand quote real quick. <laughs> um, yeah, Hayden Christensen was really creepy in that movie. I cannot lie. Um, <clears throat> I made mention of it earlier, but... Um, Something that I've talked about you guys in the past when we talked about this off-podcast, of course, before we started doing all this, was I think that was kind of what the director was going for. You know, somebody who was unstable, somebody who was, you know, already having problems dealing with his emotions and not following them like a Jedi as opposed to as was built on the first movie. And I can see giving him cracks, but dude, he was just like full force, like that kid who was in love with like the popular girl in school but he was like the kid that always like ate glue and stuff like even when he was, he was like, like an emo kid school, he was literally he really was kid. but the only problem i have with this characterization of anakin skywalker and i will stand by this clone wars we get optimal anakin skywalker he is confident he is arrogant but he is not so confident and arrogant that he's unlikable he's like that charismatic arrogant and you you, you love to love him even though he's kind of a jerk sometimes but that was not how he's played in Attack of the Clones at all. And you can make the argument that he grows into that Jedi. I was about to say, I would say that's more character growth. Because... But it is a such such a short time span. They seem like two completely different people. Like I agree. Gosh, yeah. it's... it's. I, I agree that, that what yeah. they should have done in Attack of the Clones is showed more of the human side of him. More of the normal human side of him. Less of the heroic Jedi commander of the Je of of the new of the republic uh, he was such who can't a, handle his emotions yeah i don't know i mean right. i think he he fails in just about everything except for saving padme in the initial assassination and, attempt yeah and, and if you think about it all he wants to do in revenge of the sith and the ultimate fall was save padme that's and true. he kept failing at doing that earlier and maybe that's what something that i've never even realized i'm talking about it right now Maybe the failures that he had in Attack of the Clones set up why he was so desperate to help Padme and get help from Palpatine, who promised, I can keep her alive. I can see what you're saying there. I just wish that the characterization lined up more um, between Attack of the Clones, Revenge of the Sith, uh, Anakin, and Attack of the Clones, Anakin. Well, I mean, I think there's a bigger just... gap between Attack of the Clones and the Clone Wars than we think there is, because by that time, Anakin's a Jedi Knight. He's been a Jedi Knight for long enough to warrant a pad one from that is Master true. Yoda. That is true. But um, he, and the war has obviously been raging a while because Obi-Wan Kenobi and Grievous meet in like the second episode and it's like they've already fought like 30 times. True. But Diedrich, how long did the Clone Wars last? You will know this. Three years. That is what I was thinking as well. So, that is saying from the end of Attack of the Clones to the beginning of the Re Revenge of the Sith is three years. And everything that happened in Clone Wars happens over 
Uh, probably, I would say two to two and a half years. Uh, yeah, so we could say so half a year, a year to growth, a year of growth. He becomes someone completely and totally and utterly different. Well, you got to think in times of war, war people, people can change man. very quickly. That's true too. Like you're that. going through the crucible, as a matter of fact, a, a speech um, that when you're under a lot of pressure like that, you're constantly facing death. Things can change rather quickly. I can hop on your train of thought, but I'm just not getting to the same destination. I mean that is fair. This is you know that's why we're all here. We let's all have let, different let's opinions. Let's let Qui-Gons be Qui-Gons, right? <laughs> I mean, Blake, if you wanted to really get into it, I could argue that it seems to me impossible that the same genius kid from Episode One wouldn't be able to realize that a Sith Lord or a dark bad person was trying to convince him to do something bad. Like, well, it's, it seems crazy to me that a, it, a child who was that smart wouldn't see betraying everyone he loves over this one girl as a good decision. Well, have you ever been an adolescent male, Andrew? <laughs> <laughs> and that's where it gets crazy, because t if that's what you're going to say, he should have been like 13 or 14 during this Attack of the Clones. What is he, like 17 what, uh, and Attack yeah. of the Clones, something like that? Yes, he is... 17 to 18 because what well, he was eight in the first movie and there's a 10-year gap so he's 18 he's at the end of his teenage years and i was by no mean a mature male at 18 but i, I don't know <laughs> 18 year old me and 28 year old me now line up more than 18 year old me and eight year old me i'm just gonna say that um so does anyone else have anything to say about any other one's list my list was the best <laughs> Other than Wesley, Wesley, that doesn't count. I'm pretty sure Wesley's, Wesley's list, list was the best. <laughs> what? I'd say Wesley's list uh, was very interesting. I like it. Minus the whole solo joke, that was that was oh. funny. The only good part of that movie was Darth Maul was there at the end. That that was it. That was yeah. Solo was very disappointing. Not not good. Well, I guess uh, by default, well, not even by default, by a hand count, Wesley wins. This is awesome. I I never win anything. Hey, and I'll tell you what your prize is. What's that? You get to co-host Dork Wars the podcast with us uh, every time we do an episode. Oh, man. <laughs> so that is all the time we have for you guys tonight. Thank you so much for listening to Dork Wars the podcast. We appreciate you guys listening. Um, get out there and share a podcast. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. Um, our podcast is on Stitcher and Spotify. We're working on getting on iTunes and Google Play as well. Um, I'm telling you about it now. I may even be on there already. Don't even know. But thank you guys so much for listening, and may the Force be with you. Thank you for supporting Dork Wars, the podcast. You can check us out on facebook.com forward slash Dork Wars, the podcast. And if you would like to join in on the discussion or maybe suggest topics for us to discuss, please do so by joining our Discord community or sending us an email at dorkwarspodcast at gmail.com. This has been a <laughs> production.